BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club May edition. You guys, May is in bloom, spring is in bloom, and there's no more month that is more Margot Ashray than May. And it's perfect because May is snitch's choice month which we are just embarking on now and I'm so excited to get every into everything with my girlies but before I do hi girlies how are you hi Hi, Jax it's like Charlie's Angels it really is you guys are redheads angels well I want to know what's new with everyone Satchel this is your month how are you I'm great. I just got back from Stagecoach, had a hell of a time. Now we are gearing up to go to Nashville for the Eras tour and my birthday, even though I said a hundred times that it's not my birthday trip, but like it is. And um, I'm just really excited. So much exciting things. I love the month of May. Like the month of May is always a good time for me. It's always when just like good things happen so like I'm feeling jazzed and we read Magnolia Palace which is just so fantastic so and how did Magnolia feel about the fact that we were reading Magnolia Palace she was like reading over my shoulder the whole time like literally clawing to like read every word like I would like turn to the next page and she's like wait mom like I'm not done yet like she was oh she's a slow reader yeah she is a slow reader That's really cute. If you guys don't know, Margot Oshry's dog is named Magnolia. And that's a really big reason why she chose this book. Even though if you read the book and you've listened to these episodes, you actually would realize that it's not a very snitch's choice. There were no private parts mentioned. No, unfortunately. It was very buttoned up. It was really more of a Jax or a Bex choice, which was fun for me. It was definitely more of a Jax choice. But I want you to know that I knew that. Like, I didn't go into this thinking this was, like, a rom-com. A book about your dog. Yeah, no, I, I unfortunately didn't think that. I thought it was, like, the perfect snitches foray into historical fiction. Okay, yeah, that's a good, you know. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, it wasn't, like, a replacement for a Britannica. No. You know. I don't know what that means. Encyclopedia. Yeah. Encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some historical fiction books can be really history forward. Yeah. It's like a perfect blend. Agree. Yeah. It was still a little snitchy. Through and through. Bex, how are you doing? Jax, I'm good. I totally agree. Month is such a – I'm sorry. May is such a fun month. And I'm getting so excited to celebrate this snitch's birthday. And we're going to Nashville. So I just have 1,000 
outfit options twirling around in my mind right now. So that is taking place alongside my invested take on the Magnolia Palace. But it'll it'll be a great month, gang. Yeah. And Dana, how are you? I'm great. The Knicks are in the playoffs. Oh, so are the Sixers. And the Sixers, which they had a crazy, crazy win the other night. Um, but they made it into the second round, which is so exciting. It's tied one and one. And, you know, when the Knicks are in the playoffs, things just good things happen. So I'm happy about that. Excited to celebrate Snitch's birthday and happy belated to Zach. I was really um, living for your slideshow on Instagram, Jax, of all the couple's pictures. That was so cute. Thank you. I feel like it was so out of character for me. I usually like I rarely or barely post for like anniversaries and stuff it just depends on what I'm doing that day and I always have like these good ideas of like pictures that I want to post but then I don't know for some reason I just don't but yesterday I was like you know what I'm gonna do it I always like I wind up I'm like I'm not gonna post to my feed but if I post this picture to my story like maybe I'll post it to my feed and I wind up posting nothing so I was like you know what I'm just gonna do like a slideshow and it'll be really cute and nice and people really enjoyed it so thank you Dana you gave I really enjoyed it too it was very sweet thanks guys Well, we have a great episode for you today because we read The Magnolia Palace by Fiona Davis, a historical fiction writer. This was my first Fiona Davis book, even though, you know, she's up there with like the Kristen Hannas, all those historical fiction authors. So before we get into all the big questions this book poses, I want to know if you guys liked it. Snatchler, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely, I think, enjoyed reading the Lillian parts more than the Victor- Victoria yeah, Victoria parts. But I don't know. I thought it was really entertaining. Like, I never got bored of it. I wasn't, like, I kept wanting to, like, pick it up. And it was pretty much a pretty easy read, I would say. Um and I like just I like that there was like a bit of shock value you really never knew where it was gonna go um but yeah overall I really enjoyed the book what did you think Jax I enjoyed it too it was some light historical fiction fare even though I've kind of been exiting the genre because I find it to be like a little silly sometimes and this book definitely had its silly moments and we'll get into all of that but overall I hadn't read historical fiction in a while so it was a great way to bring me back I felt like the first half of the book like I was really cruising and I was really enjoying I would say the last quarter of the book was got away from me and got to be like a book I didn't know what I was reading it was felt like I was watching Knives Out like who killed the old man (laughs) um but overall I, I really enjoyed it and that's all you can ask for Bex I really enjoyed it too. And similar to you, Jax, I hadn't read historical fiction in a while. It had been a minute. I don't know if I had like gone too hard on historical fiction in the last few months and like pivoted away. So I was happy to return. And I love the Frick collection, you guys. It's my absolute favorite museum in the city. I had no idea that that's what this was about. So when I started reading it, I was like, no, it couldn't be. And so it just like reinstated my love for the museum and makes me want to go and see like all of these hidden enamel rooms and compartments. Um, Right now it's under construction. So it's currently like there's a Frick on Madison, which is a temporary location. But when it opens back up, we are taking a Redheads tour. We have to do a field trip. I would do that. To the Frick. I went to the Frick. Actually, I'm not like a huge museums person. I just never like wind up going, even though there's a lot that I want to see. But I went to the Frick like two years ago. It was the one on Madison, so not in the house. And I had a few pictures of on my phone of paintings that 
stuck with me for whatever reason and each one of them were mentioned in the book and so I actually just like went to my photos and was like referencing the pictures I wanted to text them to you guys but like I didn't want to spoil it yeah there were like three different things that like the fragnards which were if you seen them like they're if, if I hadn't seen them and she was just describing them I wouldn't have cared one bit but they really were like that stunning and you went and saw them and then there were like two other pictures that I just really liked and they wound up in the scavenger hunt so I thought that that was really cool and it's really cool when like you can apply like the book to real life and things that you've learned I also didn't know that the Frick was a family I didn't know it was like this family's collection I just I thought it was like the name of a museum so I felt like I was really getting an education in art history um how long has it been under construction if it was like not the right one that you went to Jax two years ago like these years. things take years yeah have you been... seen the Waldorf story I can't even talk about that I can't even talk about that one it's been like 15 been... years under construction and they still don't have like windows in like I don't know if it's ever it doesn't look any different than when it went under. no it, it doesn't it looks like it went under yeah is what it looks like <laughs> agree Dana what did you think our resident literary critic guys this was not the book for me. Oh, we got a dissenter. But I will say that is a total me problem. I am an uncultured loser who does not like art at all. I could not care less about the Frick family. I don't like museums. I don't understand art. So like the topics were just so boring to me. And I also just had like a few criticisms. The bombshells in this book were so lackluster, I couldn't deal with them. Like, the big reveal that Miss Winnie hid the picture because she just didn't want Mr. Frick to die with it. Like, one, weird move. Who cares? Give the di- give the dying man his dead daughter's picture. Well, and two, like, it just wasn't... I'm, I'm getting ahead and spoiling it, but just a lot no, of things. Like, the was- whole landlord setup where she had to, like, be embroiled in this scandal just so they could paint a picture of her, like, in hiding. It felt unnecessary. Yeah, like, but that actually like- happened. I know, and then I realized, like, oh, this is historical fiction. I ha- can't criticize the story if it's true. But something about the writing of the story made it feel... I don't know, not enchanting to me. And the only thing I will say is I did love Miss Helen. I know she was like a bitch, but I kind of lived for her. I thought she was super real. Um, And overall, like the writing wasn't bad. The story I understand objectively is interesting to those who appreciate our, I just like was bored to tears. Okay, also I do just want to clarify, like it wasn't just a photo of Martha that she was burying. Like it was a fucking diamond. No, but the diamond was like an afterthought. It was really about the sentimental value that was being buried. Oh, I thought that she did it because it was the diamond. No, no she was like she did he it because deserve. he didn't deserve it. Because uh, he like wasn't that good of a dad. Got it. Yeah. So okay, we have some mixed reviews, and I'm excited to get into all of the questions that this book poses. So we have some great DBQs, and let's kick them off. But before we do, I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Hatch, which is one of our favorite brands here at the Redheads because we recently got our Hatch Restore 2s, and we have been sleeping better, reading better, and being even better podcast hosts, I feel like. So the Restore 2 is your new bedside companion. It's inspired by nature backed by sleep science and designed to take care of you from sunset to sunrise you can tap into your circadian rhythm every morning with a gradual sunrise alarm that wakes you gently so I've always just used the alarm on my phone I didn't know that like there were people who were more elevated and enlightened than me who were using hatches but ever since I got one like I now with the assistance of hatch and waking up on my own because 30 minutes before your alarm they like start to put this like nice light on 
that slowly wakes you up. It feels like you're waking up with the sun and it makes a huge difference in how you feel throughout the day. So head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2 so you can start feeling well-rested ASAP. It's hatch.co and the machine that we love is the Restore 2. The way that I love my hatch, like I am obsessed with it. I have like four different um, like routines on it I have like a reading Mm. one with a red light and then I have like um a purple one just so to like make it a little vibey in here it has white noise on it so Magnolia needs to sleep with white noise so she doesn't bark in the middle of the night and think I would think that there's a murderer after me and it's amazing and then I gradually wake up to the sun to the sound of birds chirping that is so beautiful counselor thank you for sharing these tips and tricks it's gorgeous Okay, well, our first question, if you could meet any of these characters and have a conversation with them, who would it be? What would your conversation be about? I would tell Miss Helen to stop being so sycophantic to her dad and go do her, live her own life. She had so many talents. Like, I would have liked to see her thrived in her own right instead of constantly catering to everybody else, really just namely her dad. Um, And I would love to tell Lillian to, like, go get that money and stop ruining things for yourself for this nobody. Like, get your $1,000 check and run. You don't need it anymore just because your Hollywood dreams didn't work out. Like, you could still use it. I would tell Lillian to just, like, stop being stupid and like getting yourself (laughs) into these like fucking situations like and I understand like sometimes shit happens and you somehow get wrapped up in a situation you don't know how you got there but it happened to her so many times over that at some point you have to look inward and you got to blame yourself because she was the problem also like even with the whole situation with her landlord had she stayed and just spoken to them I'm sure it would have been cleared up because there was nothing that she did that was wrong like her for her to like go through a window and run from the police and then like I just unnecessary and the whole Dan Ford yes, situation but you have to remember that like back in that day like people and women were like very typecast so if she was just like this nude model who you know there was the letter like there wasn't a lot of benefit of the doubt and I feel like people would have just like assumed she was this whore and she felt like of course she had other options than to run and she could have you know seen the process through but there is a chance that like justice might not have been on her side considering like the facts were against her and that police officer was biased against her yeah but like they didn't really think that she killed Mrs. Watkins because Mr. Watkins was clearly the obvious murderer. And she could have been an accomplice. I don't know. I just feel like she got herself into a lot of sticky situations where if she just was a little smarter, it would have been better. I would have had a conversation with Veronica and I would have told her to keep that diamond. (laughs) I would have written, I had that written down too. I had that written. And when she kept being like, should I tell Joshua? I was like, you just met this man. You owe him nothing. 1000%. Like the, the deep loyalty she felt to that man 48 hours in. I was like, wow. Like I want you as a friend because you'll clearly like always have my back. So yeah. That was my take. I, I don't feel pulled to talk to any of the characters. I didn't really <laughs> like anyone enough to like want to chat with them. So I think I would want to chat with Mr. Frick just because he seems like the most interesting historical character in the book, even though he's like not like the best guy or the best dad or the best businessman. Like I think he has, you know, interesting I'm sure he has interesting like stories from his lifetime. It would be like the most historically interesting to me. 
Totally agree, Jax. Would love to get that man for 20, 30 minutes. Also, I don't know what like the Frick legacy is. I think it's pretty good because they have the Frick collection and they're big names. But this book was like kind of shady towards Mr. Frick. Like totally. I I feel like it's like if enough people read it, it kind of like dismantles his legacy. He's like this bad guy. Yeah. This big bully that's like putting his kids against each other. Also like. Well that and then like the flood, which it's like I went to the Frick collection. I didn't even know it was about a family. And I certainly didn't know that the primary collector like was semi-responsible for killing thousands of people and that was true I assume I think so I I mean but here's the thing I would argue like the world deserves to know that but I agree that I felt like the author like kind of did him dirty yeah yeah especially because they're just like such a prestigious name in like New York society and it's like well here's the truth Agreed. Mm -hmm. It was an expose. It was an expose. Next, when Miss Helen meets Lillian, she says, I like to make things difficult for other people. You should know that right off. I'm known to be difficult. How does their relationship evolve over the course of the book? So self aware of her. Um, I feel like she really only became endeared to Lillian once she became a valuable asset in the courtship. But in addition to that, she really was like a good secretary. Like she picked up on things very quickly and it sounds like she ran the household well. So I do think they like obviously blossomed their relationship until the shit storm at the end. Yeah, I think that Lillian was very good at her job and they were also like suited in their personalities. I think Lillian had a lot of the traits that like Miss Helen needed in her life like they were just like a good balance and I do think once Miss Helen came to trust her I feel like a lot of the other secretaries she probably had she never got to a place where she could trust them because they were gone before she could but like once Mm -hmm. they established that trust they had a good relationship until they didn't until the trust was broken I just wish that because I think Miss Helen's personality and being so like straightforward this is who I am is one thing I just didn't love those moments when she was a total asshole and she really turned on Lillian so quickly I was like you're like at times it seems like you're better than this but then you retract and become like so evil and menacing so that was just something that I had to grapple with because there were times where I like very much appreciated her personality and just her approach to life And it also seemed like very out of nowhere, very erratic and just more so like for like just the plot, like just for the book. Like I feel like Miss Helen's like not a real person. Yeah. A real person wouldn't act that way. Agreed. Yeah. But I also developed enough character almost. I also think she like turned on her so quick because the family like was low key trying to turn on Miss Helen. So she was like, if I find a different scapegoat, then like they won't turn on me. No, I feel like Miss Helen didn't even turn on Lillian that quick. Like, she was holding out, giving her the benefit of the doubt, but, like, every sign was pointing to Lillian. Like, she lied about who she was. She was, I I brought her into my confidence and all these things went wrong. Like, I feel like she had literally no one else to blame. And sometimes the obvious, the right answer is just the obvious one. In this case, it wasn't. But, like, she would have had to really, like, know Miss Helen, Lillian for years and years and years to trust her even despite everything she was learning agreed so I understood why she like didn't trust her at the end but it was still hard to read mm-hmm. 
Okay, next question. While trying to convince Lillian to pose for his statues, Mr. Conti says that if the people of New York, quote, walk by one of my statues and look up and see something beautiful, an idea or person who inspires them, then I have done my job. I do this not for me, it's for humanity. What do you think of this statement? Does it resonate with you in the role public art plays in your life? Why or why not? I'm just, I've never thought much about public I'm art. Just, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to answer this question because public art means nothing to me. I just think that public art as it relates to like busts and like women's figures don't spark so much inspiration from me. I'm not like, oh, like this naked woman like wrapped up in a sheet flying in the wind. It's not for me, but I do appreciate art in its various forms. So I could see that. I just like don't think like as he's like chiseling her thigh, I'm like, He's like, oh, yeah, like humanity needs this. (laughs) Yeah, I agreed. I do think like it's a common thread across artists everywhere that they're doing it to improve the betterment of humanity and less for themselves. Um, But I agree with you that this particular motif did not resonate. Yeah, no, I never think about it. I never thought about it. But now in thinking about it, like I do feel like the more like historical public art or even just like the architecture in New York in general that's been that was like built a hundred years ago those buildings that are really beautiful and they just like don't make them like that anymore like Grand Central I think that those are really works of art when it comes to like modern public art it's like not giving (laughs) and it's like I I just I always I've never moved by anything new but like if I take the time to like think about even like the Statue of Liberty is meant to be like public art and that's a woman who's draped like she's Angelica on steroids and like that's amazing and I do think that something like at that scale and at its best like public art really does enhance a community and the lives of ordinary people even if you don't recognize it every day but like the Statue of Liberty has enhanced the city immensely yeah that's a good example and it 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 does just kind of pluck beauty throughout the day like if you're walking through the park and you see like amazing statues you acknowledge it and you're like whether subconsciously or proactively it you notice it especially when it's like from the past because they didn't have like access to as much like now today with someone will make something and it's like well you know ai could do that so it's just like not that impressive but like when it's from a longer time ago I just I and and it stood the test of time I I think it's more impressive to me now I'm wondering who posed for the Statue of Liberty do we know that no it came from France though Angelica I heard it was a woman named snitch that bitch she's (laughs) everywhere sculpted by a sculptor named Magnolia the best of the best but I don't know we'll have to fact check that is there a question about the title no, but I do want to talk about the title. You know what, Snatchler, why don't you ask a question about the title? Did you guys think that the title, like, applied to the book? No. No. It was shoehorned in there. Yeah, I understand the magnolia trees, the magnolia diamond, like, I The magnolia I flowers. It. Exactly, but... I didn't think it was the most necessary choice. It's almost like the author knew if she chose Magnolia that you would pick it for the Redheads book and it would give her no Dana, like I was literally thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. (laughs) You fell into her trap. I fell into her trap. And you know what? I'd do it again. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really nice name for a book. And yes, the ties are there when you think of them. But when 
I feel like to the average person and maybe even a more educated person, I don't know that they associate the Frick collection with magnolias. It made me though want to get like more magnolia themed items. Like not, mag- not magnolia, my dog, like the flower. I did think the toast today had a great uh, new title, which is What the Frick. <laughs> what the That would have been that more fitting. Been yeah no but it was it's a nice title it definitely makes you want to pick up the book but no I don't and, and it was a palace it didn't feel like a palace it felt like it, a, it felt like a large home. long hallway it's a it's a large home for sure like a large home yeah where is it located 71st they said and and fifth yeah like right on the park Nice. gorgeous location it's so pretty like the house itself is sick and you like look around you're like oh my god like I can't believe people used to live in these homes and that wasn't unusual like all of those homes along the park or those buildings used to be houses yeah so just then seeing it like covered in this art you cannot believe what you're looking at it's out of body yeah but it's also a little I mean it's nice but it's a little odd to like spend your whole life collecting art with just like the express intention of leaving it for the city it's like that's nice but nobody asked like why don't you just like enjoy your life (laughs) I think a lot of people do that I know that another museum in Philadelphia called the Barnes Foundation is like someone's like personal collection they're like I'm leaving this to be a museum I like it better like when we read we didn't read personal librarian for this group but I know Rebecca you read it and I read it and it was like J.P. Morgan, he spent like his whole life collecting these works because they, they were so important to him. And then in his death, it turned into a library, which was like a great natural next step for it. But to live your life just like, I'm doing this for when I die. Like, it's like a little crazy. Morbid. Um, I, yeah. I just looked up a photo of the Frick collection. Mm-hmm. It is such a gorgeous home. And the magnolia trees are even more gorgeous. I understand why they wrote a book about it. But I agree, Jax. It's like a little narcissistic. Like you're so obsessed yes. with leaving a legacy and people remembering you. Like just enjoy life while you're here. Yeah. It's it's narcissistic to me a little bit. But it's nice for the city and I enjoyed my time at the museum. Thank you, Mr. Frick. But uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, our next question. Miss Helen seems disconnected from reality and is frequently oblivious to the feelings and motives of those around her. Why do you think that is? How do you think her wealth and position have altered her worldview? How did it affect the way she treated people like Lillian or the way her father regarded people like Bertha? I feel like we see this a lot, like even in like modern day of like people like Nepo babies or just like people who grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth and like they can't help it. Like they genuinely do not know how the world works. Like they don't know like that someone need like needs to have a job in order to eat. Like they genuinely just don't get it. So I feel like she obviously grew up in this world of like insane wealth and so like she just simply can't even try to relate to people or realize like how like lack of self-awareness she even has like she doesn't even know you know it's like I don't think she's doing it on purpose like it it's just a matter of circumstance I I do think her detachment is definitely related to her wealth but I think like it I think it was more informed honestly by the sister's death and the tragedy and having to grow up in a family that was constantly comparing you to your dead older sister so like wealth played a role but I think she had a serious complex of like things that were went beyond just the money I see that a little bit I just think the way that she was brought up just was very like made her isolate herself amongst anyone she came across. So 
that was just an outcome of her decisions. And snitch to your point, I feel like someone like her in her position could make a decision to just like not let people with a German last name come to her Frick collection. Like, like those types of decisions that like don't fly, but like, she's like, Oh yeah, this is normal. Like I can just isolate like a whole group of people from like stepping foot on my property. So I feel like she just thinks that that's how the world works and that's normal. And we're all just left like, Oh, okay. Like, no, no, I just feel like her character was so fictitious and really felt like this book was like a work of nonsense with someone like her at the helm like I understand that people who are in her circumstances like she probably never even like stepped foot outside her house she didn't even take social calls she didn't even have a social life so she doesn't even know how friendships work let alone like just everyday personal Mm -hmm. relationships but she was just like kind of a caricature of a person and I had a hard time like believing I don't I don't feel the need to like evaluate her because I just don't I, she didn't feel real at all yeah but you know what I also wonder because I feel like especially back in these days like I don't I forgot what they called it in the book but like not arranged marriages but sort of that like she was mm-hmm. like probably creme de la creme of like a suitor so I'm like how like wasn't she like forced to get married earlier you know yeah, well, I guess because the war. Oh, the war. Because her personality sucked. <laughs> no money yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't stop talking know. about her dogs. By the way, I related to that so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. Like, That's Margot on a yeah, date. Yeah, me on dates. Yeah. Helen. No, me on dates is like I pull up photos. <laughs> you are Helen. I am Helen. That's so funny. Okay, well, let's switch to 1966. How do Joshua's experiences as a black man in the art world affect the way he views the art at the Frick? Do your do his experiences alter your views of art history in any way? He was giving Theo from Horse Vibes. Oh my it god! Was, yeah. It, yeah, it really was, and I feel like a lot of the um, takeaways from that book applied here as well, where it's like yes. depending on what is it like art is in the eye of the beholder Mm -hmm. you know there's so much more that goes into viewing art like depending on your perspective of where you're coming from so I thought his was a very interesting perspective I also thought it was interesting how he highlighted so many black artists that deserve to be have public notoriety that most likely do not and that he was interested in exploring areas in the south and trying to find budding artists that wouldn't necessarily get a platform to that that a white artist might and he had a great moral compass I loved when Veronica was like I was gonna share the diamond with you and he's like I would have never accepted that like that is not helping so I just think he had a good head on his shoulders you know that that's true because he is just like too much respect and reverence for the significance of the piece like Unlike her. Totally. Yeah. Okay, next question. The tenuous friendship Joshua and Veronica build during their stay at the Frick is almost destroyed when Veronica betrays his trust. What are the stakes for each of them in that moment? What makes Veronica's actions dangerous for both, and how do their situations differ? What would you have encouraged Veronica to do with her find? Keep it? Yeah, yeah 1,000%. I would it's have. like you either don't do it at all or then you keep it but it was kind of the worst case to like do it and then admit it 
and just being like I was really feeling the pain when she had to be with him for the next few hours not being able to talk about the fact like he knew what she had done oh I was gonna say the same thing Dana like either do it or don't but like if you already grew the balls to actually snatch like snatch it you have to stick to your decision 1000% she she was out of control like, Jackie's a better you know, person than us. I think she went about it the right way like I could I like I could understand her inclination at first when she was setting out to find it like she didn't give a shit about any of this and then it's like she has it and she immediately regrets it. So she finds like a natural way to not get in trouble for it and return it. But then also turns this into a business opportunity for herself. Like she didn't walk <laughs> away empty handed. And I do think that everyone got what they deserved in the end, which was a happy ending for all. I did like the happy ending of the book. I did too. I thought it was sort of unrealistic. I was like, in like, like how is her family moving from England over here now? But... I was here for it. I love a happy ending. She actually ended up with the organ player. Yeah. Uh, well, no, wait. not in real life. Like oh. literally so little of this book is true. The real Angelica um, like moved upstate after a few years of working and then like um, was in an institution. No, suicide and was institutionalized was and, and she years. lived until she was like 90. Yeah. She lived until she was like 104. 104. It was, it was yeah. 104. And she was in an institution for 65 years. Oh, they forgot a few things. <laughs> yeah. That's also my issue with historical fiction. Yeah. It's like, no, but we have to stay true to the landlord storyline. Right. right. That's a fair point. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, the next question is, did the ending surprise you? How do you think the truth of what really happened to Henry Clay Frick and the Magnolia Diamond affected the different characters at the end? I was just mostly surprised that all of a sudden this turned into a murder mystery. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that plot twist was unexpected for me as a reader who was just going about her day. Um, so... Was I expected about, like, the actual murder, like, or shocked, rather? No, but, like, it was just more so, like, the way that we went about finding this information out. Agreed, and it was not a very compelling murder mystery at that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it was, like, oh, someone left some sleeping thing. I thought maybe it was just, like, residue from the cup. I, I didn't think there was going to be a big smoking gun or that there was, like, this big villain. The only thing that actually surprised me was that it was Danforth who told the truth about Lily. Yeah, I agree. I actually was not I expecting did not, that. Same. I thought that he would hear her story and be like, I love you still. Same. And the whole storyline with him surprised me, like, as much as I could be surprised. Yeah, he was such a weak excuse of a man. He was such a weenie. Yeah, major weenie. Weenie of the week. <laughs> okay, last question from the DBQs. If you could go back in time to one of the eras that Fiona Davis writes about in the Magnolia Palace, which would you choose? Early Frick era, 1919. I, yeah, Same. I mean, the 1919 for me was so much more enjoyable to read than Same. 1966 Sleepover at the Frick. <laughs> but I do think they did a good job with the disproportionate amount of attention dedicated to 1916 versus the future because I felt like we were always reading about that and the Veronica ones were less. Same. Like when, when it would go to a Veronica chapter, I'd be like, oh, I forgot about her. Yes, same. Yeah. I'm okay. curious, why was 1966 selected as the time period? Like, was there any real reason? Well, I feel like it has to be a time where it's viable that Miss Helen is still alive. 
I guess that's true. And Lillian yeah. and like the like what's the oldest we can make? Yeah. <laughs> Winnie. <laughs> that literally. Oh my god. Okay, next it's time for the redhead questions. We got a few questions from some of our readers that we are going to attempt to answer. So first, I didn't love this one, but I appreciated learning more about the history of the Frick. My question is how many of the redheads have been to the Frick? I think we're two out of four, yeah? Correct. Half of the redheads, (laughs) which is really strong. Two-fourths. Next. I really wanted to like this book, but there were a few things that really bothered me about it and prevented me from loving it. There was never any advancement in the murder of the landlord's wife. Every time it was mentioned, the same things were said. The author didn't even wrap up this plot point at the end of the book. Is this something that you were invested in? Do you wish the author would have concluded this plot point? Or do you like that you can create your own conclusion? But they I did. do think, well, they did in like the, af- like the after part. No, when- like when they said like, she it was one of her chapters and they were like um mr Watkins was like convicted for her murder back in january like what else do we need to know oh maybe you're right yeah they did i just thought it was unrealistic how blown up the watkins murder was in newspapers in the press like in in real life i i just don't see a world where this like landlord's murdered wife would cause such a stir perhaps the connection with angelica but even so i was like finding it a little unrealistic that it was so hotly publicized and if that was true like really no one noticed angelica her face is all over the entire city but not i know she was locked away in the frick house but you'd think that like she would be caught earlier I didn't think she needed to be caught. It's not like how it is today where like you have everyone's face memorized and she's different in every sculpture of her around the city. And she's like dressed as a private secretary. And I feel like she, the the way that she looked and, and the way that they described it, like as much as she's so beautiful and she's the perfect specimen of a woman, she's also kind of like nondescript. Mm. Yeah, the time so, period is important. You're right. Like she could just go to upstate New York with the organ player and no one's going to like follow her. Yeah, and there weren't even that many photographs. Like, if anybody even knew what she looked like, it would be an illustration. Like, it's not 100%. It was much easier to hide from a murder trial then than it is now. Yeah. Better not murder anyone, snitch. We'll find you. Just you, Rit. (laughs) Next. Um, Another complaint about this book from the reader. Veronica is supposed to be British, but her vocabulary rarely reflects that. I believe the author missed the chance to create opposing narratives between two women from different countries if she used more British vocabulary and slang for Veronica. Do you agree or did you find it believable that Veronica was British? I agree. I I honestly kept forgetting. The only thing that was British about her was the fact that she wanted tea. (laughs) And the fact that she had those bangs just felt british to me but there was some writing in the book where i just became like really aware that this is you know the author writing it in 2022 like joshua said something to veronica where he was like oh so you're a model slash blank love it it's like this is 1966 people that's so fair so fair that's such a good point which is why i'm i had such a hard time remembering that it was 1966 i thought it was current days that's why i was like why was it in 1966 it felt incredibly current you're so right and i feel like 1919 and is easier to write in the style of because it's so different from today but 1966 is different in its own way more similar to us than 1919 and i just feel like all of that was lost 
a hundred percent that's yeah. hilarious love it <laughs> love it yeah I like needed to rem- I wanted to like highlight it because I'm like first of all no one talks like that in 1966 especially a man yeah it's love giving. it <laughs> it's like literally the way you took that diamond <laughs> Okay, next. I love this pick this month, but found Miss Helen to be so awful and annoying. I don't know how Lillian lasted so long working for her. How long would you all have lasted? She really didn't even last that long. It was, it was like three, three months. months. Yeah, I think um, I think I would have really liked the job, the the organization piece, and then the historical piece. Like I actually would have liked the job, and you know, there's horrible bosses everywhere, and I I feel like I could have done it. I think you could have too. That would have been a good job for it you. It was like a life You know who or death. couldn't have done that? You know who couldn't have done it? The snitch. Why do you say that? You just, you're Miss Helen. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't take Miss Helen's shit. You'd be like, I'm out. Literally. So Since she true. shit from I no take shit one. From nobody. Um, but however, this was a matter of life or death, kind of. So like, I would have had to suck it up until I got enough money to run away. But yeah, you are right. I would have hated it. And also, you can ask anyone that I work with. My biggest flaw is probably that I'm a bit disorganized. So once again, not the role for me. Great. Thank you for your honesty. You're welcome. Next, speaking of Lillian's job and career path, this reader said, I feel that the author spent a lot of time focusing on Lillian trying to find her actual passion besides modeling. And in the end, she ultimately didn't really find any (laughs) and ended up finding one. Do you think this was on purpose or on accident? I totally agree. It like went from being a model and like being an artist muse and like into the art to being like, oh, I like a pri- being a private secretary. I'm organized. Mm-hmm. And then just like to retiring upstate and never working again or putting any of these skills that you've learned to use. Yeah, it felt like she was given two paths at one point. Do you want to be a superstar movie star or do you want to like marry this guy? And then she chose neither. So you'd think the decision she ended up making would be like for love since she didn't actually love the guy. And you just didn't feel that in the book because they barely knew each other when they worked there. Yeah, I agree. I actually thought the scene where she chooses like I'm betting on me. I'm going to be a movie star. I was like, you go, girl. Yes. But the fact that like she was so had such a rude awakening also felt extremely real because like. Yeah, you don't just go off of one letter. He didn't even write it himself. This guy's a creep. Like, you don't just, like, show up and they're going to make a movie about you and it's going to be the exact movie that you would write. So 1,000%. Her coming back down to earth like that was really important. I just could not believe what I was seeing in terms of her, like, talking back to this famous director in this day and age, like, lest we not forget what year it was, and that she was like, no, 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 it's going to go my way. This movie, hear, hear me out. And I was just like, in what world? But I was, appreciate that she was self-aware enough to be like, this is not a good situation. I'm going to see myself out. Yeah. Yeah. But I like she really just like, expected perfection. Like, he, I'm going to show up. He's going to make me a star. He's making a movie about me. And it's going to be like the exact portrayal. point of view and portrayal that I feel it should have about how I like I'm the artist's muse. And like reading from Lillian's perspective, I'm like, yeah, go girl. You influence those artists. But if I was just like a regular person, I'd be like, you're a model. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Play in your lane. I loved how we kept being like, can you stop bringing up your mom? That's not my vision. <laughs> <laughs> totally. 
Okay, next. I How is it possible that Angelica was the most famous artist muse in the country but didn't have a penny to her name? This seems slightly too far stretched for me and bothered me each time her lack of money was brought up. Okay. Just like, where did it go? It seemed like they were prudent the entire time. Like, her mom never let her live above her means and they worked really hard and they were constantly working. So, like, where did the money go? To that landlord. <laughs> but they were living in, like, not even a palace yeah. castle on a hill. I think maybe because she was out of work for a while after her mom passed away. It was like a year. I know. It, it, I'm trying. I'm, I'm grasping. Yeah. How were women and anybody paid back then was it coins because every time she was like i need to flee this house i was like go go get your cash girl like you've worked for this like she don't have a bank account. i know i was like maybe do it for a few more months other than just one like they're paying you a lot of money <laughs> right right okay final question it's a bummer that we didn't get to see any more sparks between miss lily and mr graham when they were both at the frick house i feel like this was a missed opportunity do you feel that the author could have given us just a bit more detail on how their lives unfolded together and their love this applies for lillian and archer and veronica and joshua it's like we blinked and they were all happily in love no this didn't bother me i wasn't here for like a love story unpacked but this is kind of what I was saying before. It's like she's going to choose this guy and that's how it ends. I would have liked to maybe know a little more about their dalliance. Yeah, and like have like a few more instances of him being yeah, there for honestly, her. At one point Even I it's thought, just a friend. I thought he was gay because she was talking about how he like looked her in the eye and not her body. I was like, oh, <laughs> is that where this is going? Oh, no, I think he was just a gentleman. That, yeah, that is what they meant. But I like to the, my point being I had no inclination that there was any romance between them. No, I thought maybe because he was like cute, but then she clearly was going with like Danforth and that was that. So I, I wish even if, while she was like romancing Danforth, like they should have had Graham being just like there for her and concerned about her. Yeah. Not just like someone else saying, I see the way he looks at you. It's like, that's not helpful. Agreed. Okay. Well, now it is time for the moral of the story. What would you say that is? Believe in yourself. Mine was never sell yourself short. Mine was trust the process. Hmm. Mine is <laughs> steal do the thing. unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be a good person. So there's not many morals in this story. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of, there's not like one. All of yeah. these are tr true about some part of the story, but there's yes. not one big takeaway. Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. If this were turned into a book, a movie, or a show, who would you cast? I actually feel like this could be and would be a good I know, I'm excited show. for this one. Okay, for Lillian, 1919, who do we have? I had Phoebe Denever. I had Jenna Coleman. Okay. She's perfect. I had Natalie Portman. It's okay. not like terrible. Yes. No, it's not I, terrible. I had Cami Marone. Oh, that's good. Because they say that she has really dark hair. Okay. And I feel like I she has like the body of an angel. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like any of us nailed it. Oh, no. I feel like I absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Who was your snitch? Jenna Coleman. She played Queen you Victoria in the show Victoria. No, she's be a better Veronica. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, next, Miss Helen. I had Kirsten Dunst. 
Um, I had Laura Carmichael, Edith from Downton Abbey. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I had Natasha Leone, Lion, because mm-hmm. she had nuts hair. That's, that's kind of a red. Good one. I had Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I don't watch. Oh, okay, good, because she is gnarly. <laughs> Next, Veronica. I couldn't, I have someone in my head, but like I can't get their name down, so now I'm doing Jenna Coleman. You guys, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> the bangs. I had Olivia Cook from House of the Dragon. She's. I had Jess. Oh, oh sorry. No, she's like the other one, not Daenerys. Okay, that's good, Cass. Yes. I had Jessica Alba. Okay. <laughs> and then Joshua. I had Eka Darville. He's from Jessica Jones. He plays her neighbor. And I literally was envisioning him the entire time. I had Algie Smith, who is McKay in Euphoria. Oh, good one. I had, um, I forgot how to, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Reggie John Page. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. You did all British actors, even though we only needed one British person. You want to know what I was Googling? Period piece actors and actresses, and this is what I got, okay? Got it. Okay. I did Jesse Williams. Great. Okay. I feel like, honestly, we've all flopped and failed. This yeah, really? like, I yeah. thought that I did such a good job. <laughs> I wasn't really picturing anyone. It was Same. one of those. Me too. Yeah. I, yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we nail it. Yeah. But I don't think we No, do. I think I, I fucking nailed that shit. I struggle <laughs> when it's not modern day. No. No, I just, I don't know. All these people were just so forgettable, I guess. <laughs> Okay, now it is time for our overall Redheads rating of the Magnolia Palace. Snitch, what did you rate this book? I gave it a four. Okay. I'm giving this book a 3.7. I was giving it a 3.5. I gave it a three. Wow. That's like really nice. The overall Redheads rating is a 3.55, which makes it tied... It does feel right. Makes it tied with um, a slow fire burning. What was that? What fucking book is that? (laughs) That's the one by Paula Hawkins. There was like that murder on the boat, uh, uh, Mm. houseboat. I've never read that that book. Nuts. (laughs) Okay, I didn't read that book. It It was September 2021. I must have missed it. Okay, we are in the system. Oh wait, also. Okay, sorry. Yeah, in the system. Number 27 overall for the Redheads. Great job, guys. (laughs) Okay, now it is time for my favorite segment, the other books we read this month, maybe the better books that we read this month. Who wants to go first? Bex, you have any? Oh, snitch, okay. Because I need to talk about the book that I should have chosen. Okay. Go, girl. It's called The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yaros. And... I like read it I think the week that we recorded this like right after and you guys like 
I really just like need you all to read it because like I think that you would so enjoy it because it is like a mix of like history and so it's like two plot lines at the same time and it is like a love story but it's two different ones one's like during the great war and then one is modern day and they're connected and it's so good and so sad like I literally was crying my fucking eyes out but I need like I just need you guys to read it because like Dana like I think that you would actually like it you would maybe rip it apart for like being juvenile but I don't think that you would because it really was like that bitch you know i'll read it okay thanks <laughs> that's nice um i rated it a five stars like it is wow. one of my favorite books ever and then and i had found it from a book talk and so then i um found another one called if he had been with me and it was literally written for children and it was so bad <laughs> and then right now i'm in the middle of a lucy swore series the first one being pretend you're mine and it was good it's classic lucy swore no one needs to run to read it and then i'm reading the sequel protecting what's mine and then i'm gonna read the new emily henry book happy place because apparently everyone's obsessed with it oh really yeah that's cool cool bex i didn't read anything you guys Sorry. that's okay i read a bit this month some good books actually i read Okay, I read You Must Remember This by Kat Rosenfield. It was a thriller, and I didn't particularly enjoy it. I was also, like, just distracted, so I don't know if it was, like, me. I wasn't in the right headspace to be reading, or, like, the book was just really unmemorable. But, like, I don't think it was particularly good. I personally gave it two stars. But I liked it enough to finish it, but it was a thriller, and it didn't, like, totally shake me. Thrill you? Yes. Then I read, oh, this is a short book, which everyone should read because it's only like 30 pages and it counts towards your book goal. Um, Jessica Simpson, she came out with like a short story a few months ago. It's called Movie Star. They always say they're single. And it just felt like a little, another chapter of her book, Open Book. And it was really good. Um, I gave it four stars. It took me 30 minutes to read. And it was a really great palate cleanser. And then I was still in the mood for some celebrity fodder. So I read Paris Hilton's memoir, Paris the memoir and it was so good I would definitely recommend it to anyone who was into celebrity memoirs it's weird really well written um it really just like captures how she thinks like in run-on sentences and just like her creative uh mind she has ADHD and like it's very obvious like from the way that she writes but she wants it to be that way like she wants you to get a feel for like what goes on in her head and I thought it was really well done so I gave that five stars and then I read The Social Climber by Amanda Pellegrino which um it was giving me like Luckiest Girl Alive vibes in the beginning the plot is very different but like the narrative of the protagonist was very Ani so automatically I liked it and then I wound up loving the book and I like literally didn't want it to end so I gave that five stars also wow yeah so it was pretty successful month for me great Dana what about you how many did you read that was a lot Jax I only read two this month because one of my coworkers, it was so nice, sent me via inter-office mail a hard copy book by Gary Steingart, which if that doesn't trigger you, is the author of Our Country Friends. Because him and I, years and years ago, expressed our love for uh, Lake Success by Gary Steingart. So it was like so thoughtful, so nice. He's like, I read this, think you'd like it, not one of his best. Is he in love with when you? I, no, he's like, he's like 60 years old. <laughs> 
Okay. It happens. But when I read hard copies, it's so frustrating because I don't like bring it to work. I don't bring it on the subway. I can only read it in my own apartment. So it took me forever and I didn't even like it. I thought it was terrible. It was called Absurdistan by Gary Steinger. I gave it a 2.0. Ugh. But then I read Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano and that was incredible. Loved, loved, loved that book. Gave it a 4.0. That's so funny. Great. I just looked at my Kindle and it's downloaded. Someone in my family must have downloaded it. So I want to read it. Read it. I really liked it. Yeah. And I, I was doing a lot of research for our next book and that kept came up a lot. But it was really I was having a really hard time like finding like what the book of the mo- books of the moment are yeah. right now. Like maybe it's that I Emily like- Henry one. I don't like no because people we met on vacation. No, but by the way, I the liked, book of the moment is for the record the Emily Henry one. Like I've seen it actually for sure. Everywhere. I don't care. I don't care because I fucking hated people we meet on vacation, and okay. it made me even angrier that like everybody like no that everybody liked it. So I don't care if people say that this one's good. Like I just I've been betrayed. I feel like I see Pineapple Street everywhere. Oh, Emily it. just read it. Yeah, hated it. it. So like a book I would fucking despise. Before we get to your selection. If we could take a minute to do book news, I have two interesting tidbits in the media Ooh. right now. One, yeah, please. One is that Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us is being filmed in Jersey City. And I think they do that for like tax reasons. Oh. Um, but it's being filmed right now. They put, I have a coworker who lives in Jersey City. She got a, a flyer under her door. They came and scoped out her house. Because they needed a scene for like when Blake Lively like cries on the bathroom floor. And so they didn't choose her house, but they chose her like good friend's house down the street. And like they're filming there. Filming is taking place. Oh, it's already started filming? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Every fucking news that comes out about the It Ends With Us casting is bleaker and worse than the next. You know, they just casted Jenny Slate as Alyssa. Like how the fuck does that make sense? That's not even that bad. That's not that bad compared to, like, the main characters being as disappointing as they No, were. it's just the whole thing is so bad. I don't even want to see it. Um, and they're not even casting Sophia LaCourt as as young whatever, so. Young Lily? Yeah, wow. She didn't get part. Who are they casting? I don't know, but not Sophia. Was she auditioning she for auditioned it? She auditioned for it. Wow. And they didn't cast her. That's disgusting. Disgusting. Boycott, it ends with us. Mm-hmm. Second piece of book news, ladies, they are making Red, White, and Royal Blue a film. It's coming out I like I saw the picture. It's crazy. And oh, Red third, field third piece of book news, Lessons in Chemistry with Brie Larson trailer came out. Oh. Whoa, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. This is so exciting. So exciting. That's really exciting. You guys, that's a lot of good book news. Yeah. That's a lot of good feature films to be excited over. For sure. Okay, well, before I let you all go, I'm going to let you know what next month's book is. It is my choice. And after looking through all the books of the moment, I found a book that looks so good and fun. And um, it's giving Evelyn Hugo vibes because it's like Hollywood drama, ex-wives. It's called Advika and the Hollywood Wives by Kirthana Ramasetti. And it has the makings of like what would be like a fabulous, funny, good book. Wow, I'm very excited. Me too. Let's do it. Yeah, so we will see you next month. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to all of my wonderful hosts for hosting. You've done a great job. And thank you, Snitch, for what you gave us this month. Wait. 
I don't want this going down in history as like a bad choice. Like it was like a decent choice. It was good. No, it was decent. a good choice. It was a decent choice. I'm you said talking good. about it. Talking about it made me like it less. Yeah, I noticed that, Jackie, because you got on here saying you liked it, and now you're like, "Thanks, Snitch, for what you did." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it just was very. Like when I read it, I enjoyed it, but and I also I started it kind of early. Usually we like are reading the book the day before, but I was like I thought it might take me a while to read, so I gave myself a few days. But I read it in two days, like reading no, it. I, I think really you read it in it. one day. No, 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 it wound up being two days. Oh. But while I was reading it, I really was enjoying it. In reflecting on it, I'm realizing it was pretty unremarkable, but I enjoyed it while I read it. That's really all that matters. Yeah. I'm sorry, Snitch. Don't tell Magnolia. She, but that is a good point. I do feel like when I start these books earlier, I tend to enjoy them more. Agreed. Yeah, but then it, it made my recap feel, I don't know, like I was over it already. Yeah. No, I've been really pushing myself to start them earlier because I'm a slow-ass reader. And I think that like the the speed to finish it detracts from the message. Interesting. I got to find the right balance. Yeah. Yeah. The opposite for me, for sure. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. We love you. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.